What is going on, everybody? Welcome to this new podcast series, uh, Lauer After Hours Presents Cinema. It's a new podcast series where we establish if a movie is worth it. Um, this is at Beep Count on Twitter. Tonight, I am joined by Jeanette out in Southern California. I've got Lou. I've got Stu Gotson Sales there. Stu got some sales, Lou and sales, Bruce and sales. I, I never know what to call you, uh, but the beard is looking phenomenal tonight. Tonight, this is uh, Lou and movies. Lou and movies. All right. And we've also got Ant up in uh, up in Brooklyn. How's the weather, man? You guys good? Yeah, we're good. We're good. You know, I had passed this and uh, it's been it's been pretty good since. Lots of rain that couple days, but, you know, doing good. Well, How you right. doing, Pete? Uh, you know, I am phenomenal. I am so excited for this new podcast series. Um, we hope to bring uh, a new movie to you once every other week or once every other couple weeks. Um, here's the whole idea behind Cinema. This is a, a show that we kind of created. And uh, let me kind of give you an idea of what movies we're going to be looking at. Um, in order to qualify to be a film on cinema, you have to be rated either 69% uh, critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, 69% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, or a 6.9 star on IMDb with at least 10,000 nice. reviews uh, since 1980. So it's kind of a, a little uh, a niche uh, set of movies here, but we have I have cultivated a an, an amazing list here uh as of right now i've got 309 movies that fit this criteria and there are just it, it this list is just full of banger after banger after banger but we're going to establish if it's worth it um at the end we'll just uh, decide if it's a yeah watch it again meh or feck all right hmm hmm Hmm. 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 All right. So, uh, who wants to introduce the uh, the first movie that we are going to uh, review here on Cinema? I'll start. So, we're starting our jaunt, our journey into this exploration with the 1998 rom com The Wedding Singer, starring Adam Sandler and the lovable Drew Barrymore. That's yeah. all I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got. Uh, yeah, um, I don't have IMDb up. I was like trying to do. I'm like, how do I pass it off to Beep? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So we we have uh, the wedding singer, uh, as as Jeanette mentioned. Um, the reason this one qualifies uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the critic score gave it a 69. Uh, the audience gave it an 80. percent um, And we'll we'll, we'll kind of see if if it uh, flows into there. But on IMDb. It rated a 6.9 stars um, and nice. it had this one has 140,669 reviews on IMDb. <laughs> so nice. I, I think this one is that that perfect uh, uh, storm uh, to really kick us off here. So this, let's, this movie is like, sorry. Is if you were a person that's into numerology, the stars, greater things in you, and you see all those 69s, you're hooked. Yeah. 
All right. So let's uh, let's kind of get into the uh, to the nitty gritty here. So on IMDb, I have I have everything pulled up here uh, for the wedding singer. So this movie was directed by uh, Frank Karaki, and Mister uh, Mister Frank here has a pretty decent uh, filmography here. Uh, he uh, directed uh, the wedding singer, obviously uh, the water boy. Uh, Click, uh, Zookeeper, uh, The Ridiculous Six, uh, and another Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore vehicle, uh, 2014's Blended. So I take Um, it this guy is very good friends with Adam Sandler. It seems like he kind of runs in that circle. Uh, He also... He's probably his cousin. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Here's here's another uh, cool fact about... uh, Mr. Frank here, he was a uh, Roboito on the Waterboy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So n- nice little FFO, uh, FFOD, the fun fact of the day. And of course, this movie has Adam Sandler, who, I mean, he's, he's just a, a legend when it comes to uh, comedy, especially the, the rom-coms, the romances and the comedies, um, but also music, right? I mean, he was the, the opera singer on Saturday Night Live for you know, many years. Uh, and then recently, well, I guess maybe over the what past 10 years or so, he's kind of dabbled more into those, those more serious roles. I think that started with uh, uh, punch drunk love, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then went into um, some other roles like, like Spanglish. And then the most recent one that he had um, where he actually should have been nominated for uh, best actor um, that was, it the movie's escaping me. Uncut gems. Uncut gems. Yes, I that movie still gives me uh, gives me anxiety. Not only because like you bet like I don't ever I've never placed bets on things before. So like I saw that movie and I liked it, but like I don't get that like because I've never had like money riding on anything. I didn't quite get the like anxiety from it, knowing that I was like I need to win this bet. Yeah, that whole last half hour of the movie, I I couldn't sit still through the entire that entire last half half hour all right moving back into uh to the cast so this one also uh stars drew barrymore uh this is the first of i think three uh movies that she did with uh with sandler uh including 51st dates and uh the aforementioned blended in 2014. um we also have uh supporting actress uh christine taylor uh mrs ben stiller um mm-hmm. we also have uh, Alan Covert, who is obviously he's in just about every Adam Sandler movie since uh, maybe what Happy Gilmore. Uh, he was the yeah. caddy in Happy Gilmore, which Lou, you kind of resemble the caddy from Happy Gilmore. Maybe you need to yeah. go out to East Lake and uh, just you know <laughs> pick pick Small. up someone's golf bag. You remember the key is to act like you belong. So. Yeah. Get or what you have to or do, just, get a get a, uh, a caddy bib and just walk on like you like you own the place. <laughs> it, it, I mean, remember that guy we saw was it a few months ago where he just stole that guy's putter out of his bag and people were like, "What?" So <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he saw Rory. He saw Rory's yeah, yeah. Uh, Rory's. Uh, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, they, they stole his, uh, his three wood right, right out of the bag, and I, I think he finally got it back. Yeah. All right, and then we have a couple of uh, pretty cool cameos here. Uh, we have Mr. Kevin Nealon uh, as a uh, a cameo here. 
Um, Mr. Yeah. Sims. Mr. Sims. Yeah. And we have the uh, the legend himself. Just go. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> this one business card. Get out. Get out. Get out. Uh, and then we have uh, the legend himself, Mr. Uh, Mr. Billy Idol, making an amazing cameo. So this movie, w- this movie was actually written by uh, Mr. Tim Hurleyhe. Uh, and that name should sound familiar to a lot of people, especially if you are in that uh, that Adam Sandler fan club. Uh, he has pretty much worked on everything with Sandler since like 1993. He was right on SNL. Uh, he wrote Happy Gilmore. He wrote Billy Madison, The Wedding Singer, uh, Waterboy, Big Daddy, and basically every single Sandler movie uh, since 95. He has been uh, either a screenplay credit or written written the entire thing uh little nicky mr deeds bedtime stories grown-ups too um so he should be pretty familiar to to adam sandler fans so do you guys want to hear uh some taglines or do you guys want to hear uh some of the uh soundtrack notes here let's do the soundtrack i was gonna say soundtrack notes sounds good yeah yeah so this soundtrack was an absolute banger right so video killed the radio star uh but this one actually was a cover uh by uh the presidents of the united states of america yeah yeah no i I, I was like i i listened to the very end of that i was like i was like i know that voice i was like it sounds like the presidents and i wasn't sure so i stayed i i just like david samson i watched the credits all the way to the end you got to watch the whole thing Next track on there was, of course, Culture Club. Do you really want to hurt me? <laughs> um, <laughs> Gotta learn a new song. <laughs> it's an awful wedding song. It's an awful wedding song. But Terrible. is it is it a better um, bar mitzvah song? Wow. <laughs> you know Congratulations, what? Congratulations, you are now a man. Or a woman at 13 years <laughs> culture club. Um, we also have a little bit of a police on here. Uh, every every little thing she does is magic. Uh, the Smiths, how soon is now? Um, the psychedelic furs, love my way. Uh, the Thompson twins, get out of here. Hold me now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we have Elvis Costello. Uh, coming up next here with every day I write the book and then back to legend himself, Billy Idol with white wedding, uh, David Bowie, China girl, new order blue Monday. Now that song, that one slaps. I don't, I don't care what you say. New order blue Monday is an absolute banger. Um, musical youth past the duchy. Uh, and then you have, um, Somebody Kill Me with uh, written by Adam Sandler and also Tim Hurley. He uh, got a writing credit on that as well. Uh, and then this one finishes up with, I think, one of the best scenes in the entire movie, uh, the Sugar Hill Gang with Ellen Dow with the Rapper's Delight. Right. <laughs> Gra- granny rap. Granny yeah. rap. Hold on. Rose, did you, Rosie was on did, fire. Did you forget? No, the the Hall and Oates. Wasn't there, there was a Hall and Oates song in there? Did I, I, the, 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 right. It it may have been in the movie, um, but I don't actually see that here on because I, the... I I have it I have it in my notes. I have Hollow Notes slaps real toe tapper because I think that's <laughs> I I think that's when I was tapping my pen and upset my daughter 
yes. TV show. Yes, <laughs> it, it, it is in there. Uh, the You Make My Dreams. Yep. You make my dreams come true. Do, 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 yeah, and obviously, they're not, they're, they're oh, the soundtracks used to be different because also we you know we can't forget love stinks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, or, or for me when John Lovitz does Ladies Night. Yes, oh. yes. Okay, so oh, what one, one, one of my notes uh, about this is is John Lovitz, and we'll we'll get in there. Um, I hope it. I I hope it's the same note that that I wrote down because there's a line that he says that I was like, oh, I'm writing that down because I thought that was really funny. Uh, and then the uh, the other song that's not on here, um, at least on the actual soundtrack itself, is of course the uh, the airplane song. Um, I want to grow old with you. Yeah, I I don't see it actually on the. The actual liner notes for the soundtrack but of course there's a bunch of songs in here that did get uh the movie credits but that one did not actually make the the actual soundtrack cd um oh gotcha gotcha yeah i mean yeah. i think yeah that's sometimes different i think they're just this like they you, they may not have gotten the rights to the hall of notes so they couldn't like put it on the cd or something i don't know right right okay uh some filming locations here for the wedding singer where do you guys think this one was filmed because it's it's supposed obviously it's set back east it's set I I'm guessing in you know Connecticut where most of his films are New Hampshire somewhere in the New England area where do you guys think this was actually filmed L A yeah because uh, Vegas Air or whatever uh, I would think it's somewhere in like California yeah yeah the the whole thing filmed right there in uh in Hollywood <laughs> kind of disappointing um but you know what it is what it is. <laughs> So a couple of uh, other details here. So this movie was actually scheduled to be released in 1997, uh, but the producers wanted it to have a more romantic feel. For, so they released it Valentine's Day weekend in 98. Uh, so it was February 13th, 98, when this movie uh, actually came out. Um, the budget for this movie, $18 million, uh, and it did that on the opening weekend. It, it did $18 million, uh, that opening weekend in uh, North America. Um, and then the gross in uh, the United States and Canada was just over $80 million. So um, people seem to like it. Um, let's get into uh, a couple of taglines. There's really only two here. Um, I'll read the worst one first. <laughs> <laughs> before the internet, before cell phones, before rollerblades, there was a time. 1985 don't pretend you don't remember wow really that's yeah that that's the tagline um <laughs> yeah woof double woof <laughs> that that could be said about any time period before exactly any of, like 1899 <laughs> before 5 AD. <laughs> before indoor plumbing it's like we need we need to need to come up like uh for things that are really bad it's like that's the uh, three fe. yeah, yeah th that was a fat tagline that that tagline fe. Mm -hmm. um but then the one i like um he's gonna party like it's 1985. <laughs> God. but he doesn't but he doesn't even like to drink so like i mean i can't even imagine him being partying 
Yeah. But th- those are the only former. two taglines here. Wow. Um, yeah. So uh, that's that's what we get. Um, those taglines, fair. All right. Who wants to uh, who wants to start us off here with? I'll uh, go because the first the first thing when I was like watching like the opening scene because like the opening scene like he's just you know he's killing it. But I was like like was there ever a time where like were wedding singers like like this like this popular where it was like oh like you got to get this guy to sing your wedding or like where everyone was like in the 80s like oh you got to have a wedding singer so like were wedding singers ever really popular like where it was like a must have i'm i'm sure they were and i'm sure kind of in those more close knit smaller towns you know where everybody knows everybody and you get like the hometown discount on flowers like Aaron, eric lamansoff um <laughs> you know i'm sure that everybody has you know the weddings that everybody goes to and then you kind of get those popular wedding singers. I know when, when we got married, um, we didn't have a wedding singer, but we had a band that played during like the cocktail hour. Um, and then we had obviously the wedding DJ, uh, for the actual reception part. I I feel like back then singers or bands were much more popular than getting a DJ. I feel like the DJ is more like, you know, last decade, last 15 years kind of thing. I mean, when me and my wife got married, we got a band and they played all night. We didn't even get a DJ. We just had them play all night because they were able to to do such a wide range of a a, a wide range of, of of songs. Well, and when you think about it, I mean, DJs only started in what the late seventies, early nineties, like actual, you know, right. mixing DJs at you know at a venue, right? Yeah, and given the competitive nature of of weddings and you know wedding planning, it wouldn't be surprising to me that there was a time where this was a thriving business and you wanted to have you know Robbie Hart you know be the guy at your wedding it's like if you got him you knew you know especially the way that this opening scene wedding it's like it, it looked fun like he seemed like a decent like a really good entertainer you know he could handle problematic situations quite well <laughs> so you he would be the guy you would want he was worth the money yes uh, the note I had about this this first scene, obviously, where the uh, uh, <laughs> where the uh, the best man comes out to do his drunk speech, um, mm-hmm. played by yeah, you know another the, good the cameo there. Steve, yeah, Steve Buscemi, great cameo. Um, was that reminded me of? I want to say it was was it um, old school, where was it Luke Wilson takes over and and it stops yeah. here and it, and it starts right here with me. Right. <laughs> that, that, that was my note from from that. Uh, well, I was going to write because like when uh, I haven't seen Steve Buscemi like in a funny role like that in a while, this is a movie I haven't seen. So I was like, oh, man, I really miss I miss him because he just he nails it. Um, I think the, the funniest thing from that speech that I wrote was like uh, the time that I couldn't find my car. <laughs> like, right now, like he's going through all all the things that he's you know he's a screw up and he can't do anything right. Like, the time I couldn't find my car, <laughs> just like, and then oh oh wait, you know what? I wrote something. I was supposed to howl. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, my note from that wedding was in the beginning where I'm like uh, the bride holding the pantless kid. I'm like, so all of the wedding pictures at this point had to have been taken because she, like, why would you risk this kid either peeing or pooping <laughs> on you? And then here comes the p- photographer and that's going to be part of your photo album. 
this is back in the day where it's photo albums you paid for all the photos you were not going to be able to delete something you didn't want so i'm like wow so i'm like she's like she must have been um pretty pretty happy like just to be holding a pound this kid i did it was weird my my other note no. about the wedding was the uh them 80s ass uh wicker chairs <laughs> <laughs> did anybody else's parents have big ass wicker chairs like that yes no. okay okay and now they're coming back as plant stands <laughs> <laughs> yes i kind of wrote i wrote down too it was like there was definitely like fat shaming right in like the very beginning with the woman eat, like eating the cake ahead right and then yeah uh, and, then, and then with the whole problematic with the, yeah with uh arquette with like the which singing's like oh like oh like that it was a little like oh oh but it's the 90s so it was okay that was that was totally fine yeah i i don't know if if this movie can get made today think i mean i i was thinking i was right in town i was like i mean it was like it wasn't overt it wasn't really like i don't think it was that like to today's standards where you would see like it wasn't anything where it was like oh right it was just like oh like you know that it was just kind of like i don't know i didn't i didn't find it as offensive as other things i've seen in older movies where you're like oh yeah yeah i can't do that well there, there was that scene where uh grandpa did the the creepy ass grab on on julia yeah mm-hmm. yeah i you know that's i guess as as shitty as it sounds i guess it's of the time right yeah because how else are you gonna let a woman who has her back to you how else are you gonna let her know that <laughs> she's attractive if you don't grab her butt yeah <laughs> but also but it was that was also the time when at you at, at it was just chalked it up to old age, right? Just being old. Like you could get away with that at that Senility time. is not an excuse, Lou. <laughs> I'm not, I know, but I'm just it saying was back then. Time, back then it was. Problematic. Oh, Grand, oh in, Grandpa. In nineteen ninety-eight. <laughs> it, it was okay for old men to harass women. It was okay. Well, it was probably okay for old women to harass men too. I mean, theoretically. True. I feel like grandma could have grabbed Adam's ass and, you know, he would have smiled. Does, doesn't she though? I, I feel like I'm, am I misremembering this? Aren't, aren't they dancing? Doesn't she get like a, a, a nice double handful of, of man, butt? I, Did I, he ever dance? I, I wouldn't, I don't even remember him dancing in the, uh, maybe, maybe not Rosie, maybe not Rosie at the bar mitzvah. Yeah. At the bar when mitzvah, he, the young he, girl grabbed his butt or whatever. Yeah. When yeah. he was trying, you know, when he was hooking up the other kid, sort of make him popular for a moment. The kid yep. from Matilda. Yes. Bruce. Yes. The uh Bruce. The the cake eater, right? <laughs> yeah, Bruce. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Hmm. Bruce. Hmm. Noted. Hmm. Noted. Good name. Good name, Bruce. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So we got we're we're past this the the first wedding here where we get introduced to Robbie Hart, wedding singer extraordinaire. Um and we find out that he is about to get married as well uh to a linda. wonderful woman linda not not no es muy linda yeah hey, linda <laughs> linda listen listen linda <laughs> um, we find this out though as a kid is praying to every single porcelain god there was ever created in a dumpster and robbie hart is there consoling him giving him some love and he meets julia sullivan uh, played by uh, the the wonderful Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. 
Right. So we get that cute interaction with them where after he sends in the kid and whatever, uh, they talk about like, hey, I'm getting married. And then she's like, well, if I ever, my boyfriend ever proposes to me, I hope you'll be the wedding singer at my wedding and whatnot. Oh, you know what? There, there was, there was, I wrote some, there was something in that scene that made me, I was like, because he saw the ring, he was like, oh, are you getting married? And I was like, oh, like, do you just like, that seems a weird assumption to see someone have a wedding ring, just assume that they're engaged and they're not already married yet. I'm trying to find work. Like, it's the hustle. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Maybe. Well, didn't she only have one ring on? I mean, that isn't typically that where you only have the engagement ring on. And then when you get married, you have the wedding ring and the engagement ring. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess I forgot about it. It just seemed it just seemed like a weird thing to like, oh, are you engaged? It, it was a little yeah, it was a little forward for him to, you know, someone he just met sort of to throw that out there like that. It was the eighties. It's fine. But it was also <laughs> clicked off. I mean, you know, she was receptive to it because he was consoling the kid and helping him out. And you know, do you know him? No, I'm just here because he sort of needs someone to to clear him out a little bit mm-hmm. and you know, make sure he's surviving. Off the bed, I'm so, giving him that so, booze. Real, anyway. So with that, uh, what was the first booze that you drank that made you throw up? Ooh. Tequila. Vodka. The first? Ram Bowie. Oh. Ooh. The way my dad was growing up, um, if he was having something, he would first let me just dip my finger in it and put it on my tongue. And if I could survive that a couple of times, he might give me just a little bit. And I remember, I think I was like 16 or 17 and he gave me one and, oh, it was just awful tasting, but I was trying to be like dad and it would, did not end well. Yeah. That, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Drambu, we just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, that, that gets you right here. Burned. It gets you right <laughs> yeah. here. Um, yeah. Get- yeah. Mine was uh Yukon Jack, the aftershock, the one that was like the, it looked like Listerine. No, anybody? Cool. No. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. God, I, I, I just got the, the tingle in the throat. The, oh. Oh. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Meh. Yeah. Oh, no, it's fe, it, it's fe. about to be fe. Fe. Yeah. <laughs> so as we move forward here, um, we find out that Robbie Hart uh, has a Robbie Hart of gold. Uh, he's helping... Uh, the, uh, the wonderful little, uh, Rosie, um, she is trying to learn how to sing a song for her, uh, 50th wedding anniversary coming up. Um, and he's teaching her how to, how to sing this, uh, this song and pays him in meatballs. Um, (laughs) loved it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of meatballs. I love meatball sub. I love a little meatball parm. Um, spaghetti meatballs. That's my favorite thing that my wife makes for dinner. Uh, but I don't know if I would accept it as payment, uh, especially in my hands without like hands. a Tupperware or like a to go bag. Um, <laughs> and then she grabs his hands and squeezes them. It's like, Oh, you just killed the meatballs. Uh, After he took a bite of one yeah, of them. Take a so bite like, for me. Yeah. Like that was so salvageable, but then, after he takes a bite and she puts his hands over and squeezes, it's like, no, you get like five houses down and you roll them into the street or an open sewer drain or something. <laughs> it's like, um, you know, I'm sorry, but no, I can't do it. 
I also don't believe for one second that she does not have some Tupperware that she could have put that in. I don't believe it. Yeah, she she has, you know, some sort of like blue tin that used to be cookies somewhere. Just empty out your your needle and thread and you can just put it in there. He was going to come back the following week anyways to keep on with the with the tutoring. So it's not like she wasn't going to see him again where she had to wonder where her Tupperware went to. I also found it when she said intercourse, and I just said, that's a funny word. Like, I just find that <laughs> it was funny. It's just a funny word for someone to talk about sex as an intercourse, because that just sounds like, like, it sounds like at the time, like, that's what they would say, an older person would say about sex is intercourse. Okay. Did that conversion, like, anybody would, like, when she's like, I ate, that's like 200 nowadays. I was like, I was like, really? Like, holy shit, that conversion was crazy. <laughs> Adjusting for inflation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea what inflation from 1985 is, um, but to 8 to 200 is, that's phenomenal. That That is that is paramount growth right there. But like over the course of like what time span? Because if you say 8 in the course of a week, that's a lot. And then, you know, adjusting it to 200. Sure. Whoa. You know, how, how do you still have functioning hips? But if you say, <laughs> if you say eight over the course of, you know, four years, not that bad. So well, I guess it all depends on the time. Frame. But you have to think back then they got married much younger and it seemed, you know, premarital sex was not something that was looked upon without judgment or ire so to speak so. right I, I think we can safely it. assume that she was an 80 year old woman in this movie i yes. i think that that's safe to assume right she's about mm-hmm. to set, celebrate her 50th wedding anniversary so she got married let's just call it 30 right just for nice easy math so let's just also okay. safely assume that she had been faithful for those 50 years right so that was one in 50 and then seven before that um, so 1985 minus 50, that's 1935. There was two wars within about 20 years before that. So there, you know, soldiers and sailors and Marines heading out to battle, you know, the, the Germans and the, uh, the, uh, um, the, the access powers of the Japanese and the Italians in world war two, you know, who knows what happened. It also seems well, but- like people in this town are really good at keeping secrets because they never said who those other seven were. You know, they never snitched on her. (laughs) Never, not once. Never, not once. Am I wrong? I thought she said she had eight before she got married. So she's at nine. So that's got to be two thirty before she got married. (laughs) Quick math. Yeah, that's that's two hundred thirty. Or, or she's just she's just a liar, and she's just trying to make herself look better than what she really is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When that two hundred, it's like it's mind blowing. So she's really trying to, you know, she's like back in my day. I mean, we see those pictures and I know they might not be hers. It's like, you know, going into and finding old photos, who knows? But she's like, hey, I used to be really hot. So I know what it's like to be out and getting it. Yeah. Body count for days. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So as uh, as we kind of move forward here, um, this is this is kind of the you really get a sense of who Robbie Hart is, right? He's just this phenomenal person. Uh, 
an amazing voice, um, especially for 1985, right? He's he's got the pizzazz, he's got the um, the stage presence, he's got he's got it, he's got the goods, dude. Um, let let's just be honest, right? Then we kind of get a little dark here, right? It's Robbie's wedding day. They're playing the uh, stringed version of Journeys Don't Stop Believing, which that version on on the strings, yeah, blows every other wedding entrance song out of the water. Get out of here, Vitamin C. Get out of here, uh, you know, Pachelbel's <laughs> Canon and D. Get out of here, Green Day. Time of your life, Good Riddance. Um, Journeys Don't Stop Believing on a string quartet is the paramount of all wedding entrance songs. Yeah, I agree. That's a yeah, yes. for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 But uh-oh, <laughs> Linda's not coming. <laughs> Linda ain't coming. Oh, so it was a bad note. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it, it was a bad no. Um, <laughs> Linda, what a bitch! Yeah, Linda, that's the ne- that's coming up. That's the next scene after he he freaks out and everybody's throwing out, and it's just like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Incandescent voices in the background, and uh, and Linda played by Angela Featherstone, which I did not believe that was a real actress's name. Um, that sounds like a character name, Angela Featherstone, but nope. Miss uh, Miss Featherstone here, um, she had kind of a, a difficult role, right? She had to play the the villain in an otherwise, you know, lighthearted, com- you know, comedy drama romance. Yeah, I I did not like her at all. <laughs> oh my gosh, she was in Con Air. Is that is that a future cinema? Um, Wait to see. Pro- she was Jenny, or yeah, Jenny, 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 Jenny. <laughs> She's she's Jenny Jenny yeah Jenny yeah she she was Jenny where is it um and who is, yeah who is that? 1997's Con Air yeah Jenny uh she was in 200 cigarettes she was in uh Takedown I mean she really hasn't had that amazing of a career and that's that's okay I think she deserves it after what she did to Robbie Hart especially in the day of like how do you not how do you get there and wake up and say you know what I'm not going today. This would have been great news yesterday. Exactly. I was good. Well, during, during that scene, like when he did that, I was like, I, that's like peak, like Adam Sandler, like his scene where he kind of does the low voice and then he yells. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's like, it's like his, like you, you can tell that it's an Adam Sandler based on that. If you do that to anybody and they, they know, they should know that, oh, that you're doing an Adam Sandler impersonation. If you're going to do a limited fake Adam Sandler, you have to do the, you have to do that little yell. God, just give me the answer. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> but how much no, the- harder though was it for him to do that when he's trying to do the accents? Because he wants to stay true to himself and his gimmicks and what sets him apart. And then he has to in- you know, include in certain movies a freaking accent like in The Water Boy. It's like, come <laughs> on. <laughs> like how many how many takes uh you okay, know take 17 obviously he's just playing his own characters up to 11 right and i think it's just you know they just let the camera roll with him yeah and whatever they pick up they you know it's going to be gold um i will say that you know 
for for once it is nice to have the whole being left at the altar the switch of it being the guy left at the altar yes because in a lot of rom-coms it's always the vehicle of it's always the girl and we got to see how the girl puts her life back together and all that stuff so very refreshing uh for it to be the other way around this time except in runaway bride (laughs) (laughs) we're not talking about that movie we're not talking about that one we're talking we're talking about linda the bitch (laughs) i don't i never know how i feel i never know how i feel about having kids curse Right. It's always like a weird, I don't, I, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I don't, it's like, I don't necessarily have a problem with it, but I feel like when it's forced upon them, then that's the one I'm like, maybe, maybe they shouldn't be saying that. And you could tell that the, that the little boy, the nephew, he kind of had like that off to the side, like maybe his parents or, or somebody was there and he's like, are you sure I can say it? He's like, you're a, bitch yeah. <laughs> it's um, like okay i'm not gonna get grounded bye <laughs> oh <laughs> my uncle robbie like, you got paid 200 dollars to say this so little I, I, that that was uh tyler right tyler the the youngest one right now that was pete 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 okay yeah um tyler was in liar liar um and i think that has a potential to be a future cinema. That's right. Uh, I, I had this note. So uh, Pete, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Pete was played by uh, Gemini Barnett. My note was uh, he was the voice of the puppy in Babe. How about that? Oh, yeah. Wow. Mike Ryan, if you're listening, Babe, Amazon Prime Video. Yep. Prime, Prime Video. Yeah. So Good. for Princess Juliet there. Also, was any like this for me, this was the first time I've seen this movie. So to see Frank Severo as his brother-in-law, <laughs> I loved it. Oh yeah. I, I, I love loved Frank. it. I was I was like, like what like so this goes back actually to the scene in when they're in the wedding and he's sitting right there in the front row, the family row. And I'm like, what is this like typecast Italian gangster guy doing here? It blew my mind. I had to like <laughs> You know, I, I paused it and I was just like, oh, shit, that is him, right? I'm like, okay, let's see what, I just thought it was like an extra, someone just sitting there and then finding out in the next scene, oh, he's actually his brother-in-law. Yeah, uh, Frank, Frankie, Frankie Carbone from The Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to get the papers, get the papers. Get the papers, <laughs> get the papers. And he was also in um, Godfather Part Two yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah, but yeah, de- definitely typecast, especially movie are set in you know ridgefield new jersey so <laughs> great hair though <laughs> phenomenal oh, yes. hair phenomenal. Was, was that 1980s hair was that like 1980s hair that he had or is that just like it, it that hair is beyond any time i think i think it's, i think it's timeless period. yeah oh. it, it's timeless because if you look at um like uh what was it uh steven's uh steven van zandt from the sopranos that it just wasn't as you know flat top as that but he definitely had that that full you know mobster slick back so yeah yeah all right um so linda has left our beloved robbie hart at the altar Mm -hmm. and robbie goes into a tailspin um 
and uh, he starts berating people at his next wedding that he does, which is only a couple of days after he gets left at the altar. Like, come on, dude, take a, take a sick day, right? Yeah. Take some, you know, FMLA. I, I know you don't get, you know, benefits or anything like that being a wedding singer, but take some mental health, right? I mean, come on, Robbie, get it together. The dad net yeah. scene was just amazing. He punches him. <laughs> in his, in yes. his white tuxedo and the frills and ah. Uh. The, the 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 one note that I have from that is uh, if you notice in on the the loser table is the, the comedian uh, Brian uh, Posen yeah mm-hmm. and when they all find him like there's a random part where he is biting someone's leg in the random part like he's just biting he's biting someone's leg I was like oh that was that's funny that's funny. Yeah, um, when I watched that particular part and he's going around and he's singing Love Stings, <laughs> the whole time I'm like, how long is this microphone cord? Because he goes around a couple tables and then he comes back and then he does another loop before he gets punched. So it's like that, like, so back in the day before wireless technology, was that like 300 feet or 400 feet? Because he just like went around and not just walking straight, but he did loops. Not here. possible. It's not possible. Yeah. It, yeah, no, no, they didn't have coins that long. That was, that was a, that was an imagination was, moment. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, he's got to have at least maybe a, a fifty or hundred foot cable, right? Mm-hmm. At least. But still, they, they get so ta- they get they get so tangled up like instantly, like they're always tangled up. And then the moment that it's like to like uh, about to stretch the limit, you get the feedback where it's like the. Bleh. The, that unplug noise, that really loud pop or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. What else? When do we meet else? Glenn? When do we meet Glenn? I think that's... Uh, we like meet the... Glenn uh, when they go on that... The double engage- date? Well, no. The engagement we, we, we have, the Yeah, we, we meet Glenn at the at the engagement. Don Johnson. Oh, you know what? No, before that, because there's uh, his his buddy when they when he's finally like in in the room, like his, his basement, his buddy, uh, the limo driver, what's his name? Sammy? Uh, yeah, with Sam and Cover, one, his outfit that he has on is just utterly amazing. Uh, and so when he starts talking to his brother-in-law, like watering the lawn, there's like, there's, it's a real little small clip in there, but it made me so laugh. Like as he's walking off, he's like, like shoot, I come, I'm covered in water. <laughs> yes. It was just like, what? I was like, like, I like love that little like hit. He had little like this little lines like that where it just seemed like just so random, but like really funny and like, I, I just that. The... I was worried that it got in his hair. I was like, I hope it was just the pants and the shirt didn't get the hair. Because <laughs> you know that's gonna be like hair and makeup. It's like it's gonna take us an hour to fix Mr. Frank's hair. If we have to do a reshoot, please be patient. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. So we have moved on. Um. Robbie is he's down in the dumps. Uh. Literally, he is in a dumpster. Um, <laughs> and uh, Julia uh, has found him in the dumpster and kind of nurses him back to health as as any you know good friend should do. And that's when she tells him that they've set a date they, and invites yeah. him to her engagement party, engagement party. At, at Glenn's house and uh, that she really wants him to be there and stuff like that. And and then she reminds him of the promise to be her wedding singer. Is, Which is this the point? Part of. Yeah, he, he doesn't want anything to do with, with weddings anymore. And he starts on the, the bar mitzvah racket. Um, yes. I, I want to take one quick uh, note into 
the engagement party uh, at Glenn's house. Uh, Glenn's best friend, his old buddy, uh, Stephen Brill, uh, he was the celebrity in Mighty Ducks 2 um, when he's talking with Emilio Estevez about, um, you know, going to Hollywood and the shoes and stuff like that. That's uh, That was Stephen Brill. Huh. How about that? My note for Glenn is yuck, and dude is definitely a mega bro. <laughs> <laughs> He was a precursor to all of that. Yes. Yeah. So I think uh, from the engagement party, uh, it was Sammy in the red jacket with the jacket. Michael Jackson glove. <laughs> yes. Glove. Lose the glove, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, like, a, well, I don't know. So it was like the Eddie Murphy uh, jacket, right? From, or, or, uh, or was it the Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson. It was, it was yeah, definitely it was the Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Say hi to Tito red. for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Another good call out from later. So right there, one of my favorite, like, other favorite exchanges was between Holly, um, Julia's cousin, when she's like, oh, you're scheduling the wedding on, on a Friday. What about Miami Vice? And he's like, "Summer, it's reruns." Reruns. Yeah, <laughs> he he already had that answer locked and loaded. Because uh, he was wearing the white suit with the um, with the t shirt and everything, mm. so he was totally like into the vibe. I, I bet you he enjoyed cow uh, coking cowboys. Oh, he, <laughs> he enjoyed it. Yeah, he he had to go to rehab because he broke his nose. <laughs> anyway, um, wait. <laughs> the one thing. The one thing that. I really, really enjoyed about the whole um, this entire film was the the costume design, right? Because that was a hundred percent nineteen eighty five. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right down to the uh, Michael Jackson jacket and glove to the Miami Vice uh, white linen uh, jacket with the the teal t shirt underneath. All nineteen eighties. The Van Halen t shirt. Yeah, and, and she's the reason Van Halen broke up. Yeah. The hair. Yeah, the hair, the makeup, the costumes. Great. Great job all the, all the way around. Um, so now we now, can get into the bar mitzvah. Yeah, now we get into the bar mitzvah scene, which personally, I have never been to a bar mitzvah, but these look like just an absolute banger of a time. Mm-hmm. Bar mitzvahs are absolutely either. fun. I've been to, I've been to many living in New York and having a lot of friends who are Jewish. Definitely. They, uh, they let their hair down, so to speak, and uh, go crazy. Yeah. And it also, the bar mitzvah kind of uh, shows us that Glenn, I mean, it's not Glenn, uh, Robbie is maybe slowly kind of coming out of his dark period where he goes and he gives advice to the Bruce, the young boy and tells him, you know, it, you don't have to want to she doesn't want to dance with you that's okay there's other girls that are gonna want to dance with you so his you know better nature seems to be making a return when he's giving advice to the little boy it all just kind of goes back to the the billy madison you're not pee unless you 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 pee your pants <laughs> or you're, you're not cool unless you pee your pants right miles davis <laughs> yeah. yeah uh jimmy cars <laughs> was the uh was the actor who played the uh the, the kid at the bar mitzvah and his his uh, uh title in the film was studliest kid at the bar mitzvah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And, uh, and Mr. Mr. Carr is here. Uh, only has um, 
three acting credits to his name. Yep. So he's got Matilda, he's got uh, Bruce, um, Bog Trotter, uh, obviously the wedding singer, and he had a one episode arc on ER. Hmm. So how about that? He's lost a lot of weight and he seems to be in famous, better shape. I, I saw his Instagram and it was just like, people know me for as Bruce. <laughs> that was like it. It has same, no post or anything. Same note too, bro. <laughs> exactly. You retweet it. Yeah, we'll we'll retweet Bruce here in uh, at, at the end of this episode. Um, <laughs> so now we get into um, kind of planning for. No, uh, we got to talk about the dancing and the bar mitzvah. Okay. Yep. Yep. You're right. You're right. We have to talk about hands on cheeks, like just full on palm to cheeks. Just all and the the one that made me feel really uncomfortable was was Sandler putting the girl's hands firmly on his, his cheeks. I was like, yeah. okay, I mean, yeah, he's he's trying to have, you know be inclusive. You know, we're all about at Lower After Hours. We're all about you know diversity and inclusion and everyone. Just not not thirteen year old girls' hands on cheeks. That's where we need to draw a line, I think. But was it okay for Bruce to do it? No, no. But yeah, Bruce we, did it himself, you know. She didn't take his hands and put them on her tush. Exactly. We like we don't know that it. Julia wanted Bruce's hands all over the studliest kid of bar mitzvah's hands all over, you know, <laughs> the backyard. We we don't know that. You know, we don't know what about hands and dirt or anything like that. And it just goes to show that this town has like a weird way of expressing itself through touching of the cheeks. It's a real know, rapey vibe in Ridgefield. <laughs> yeah, earlier, you know, in the one wedding, it was the grandpa that grabs um you know hands in the dirt. but and now and now this kid so like if if this isn't the educational system it needs to be just like completely you know unfunded removed and you know they need to figure out something else you Problematic. Know, generation to generation yeah like you know i think in middle school sometimes they teach us how to dance or whatever socially acceptable dances so that needs to be just nicks and we need to go back to try to like climb the rope in gym class or something like we got to get hands on the shoulders we got to go hands on the shoulders and the shoulder for god right (laughs) (laughs) no you know you i I went to a school like that we weren't even allowed to dance at our special events so there was tons of room for god in there (laughs) (laughs) there was only room for god Uh, and then, like, uh, I I guess to, like, maybe be an icebreaker and all, because eventually everybody gets up for the bar mitzvah and there's a lot of, you know, grabbing of the cheeks. And then they have Sammy, Sandler's best friend, and the cook, they're dancing as well. Yes. Yes. The two yes. guys. With the hands on the cheeks, too, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, like, it is what it is. It's a great song. Yeah, th- that was one thing I found interesting, not to go on a tangent, but there was definitely an inclusive vibe with what was going on and, you know, something I don't remember actually being some of the socially acceptable things that went on in this movie that weren't probably necessarily socially acceptable back in 1985. Like, you know, the boy George, his, you know, his, his bandmate singing and, you know, all that he had going on, so to speak, without, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that, but just, I, I found it interesting how sort of open they were about some stuff that I would have necessarily thought, 1985 would be so open about so to speak yeah even having sandler sing in uh, in hebrew uh mm-hmm. for for the bar mitzvah i thought it was really cool like that because you know maybe so, you know him being jewish 
uh, if it had been someone else in that, maybe they're just like, just, you know, do it in, in English, but just throw a lot of like, <sighs> in there, like very, mm -hmm. you know, stereotypical offensive. So, and yeah. this one, and then also like, like, if that's part of what happens at the, as part of the custom or whatever, then it's even, it's even better. Because you have something really pure, I guess, and then it's like everybody starts touching their butts when they dance. <laughs> <laughs> Mazel tov. Touch a butt. <laughs> Put that on a shirt. Lathiam. <laughs> Problematic. Yeah. So you do the eighty-five. We're good. Yeah. All right. So we are we're into the uh, the bar mitzvah scene, and now we are moving to uh, planning for Julia's wedding. Right. So uh, Robbie and Julia start bouncing around town and going to all the vendors. Which, if you have ever been in the midst of planning a wedding, meeting with the vendors is one of the most painstaking parts of the entire process. Uh, I it, uh, yes. it's it, I, I still have PTSD from working with this and my wife she was a wedding planner and event planner for many years so she already knew these people like she was best friends with these people and we still had to go through this process and uh I, she she loved everything about it I I enjoyed some of it you know the food tasting uh the food tasting was phenomenal that was my favorite part about you know meeting with all the vendors Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, she she already had everybody that was going to be doing it. She had the florist, she had the DJ, she had uh, the the actual uh, event space that we were going to do it at. Um, so I mean, she she's had this plan for for years. Um, which <laughs> thank you very much, Mrs. Beep. I love I love you so very much. You are my best friend. Thank Aww. you. And I actually have kind of a, a little special note um, near the end when we get to a scene that yeah. You'll, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. see. We'll, yeah. we'll see when we get there. So we go into uh, we go into the the local florist, um, and the florist is kind of trying to rip rip him off. But you know, I happen to know that you gave Eric Lamansoff this kind of deal. Oh, I thought uh, that was a photographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, was, was, that, was, was that was a photographer. Um, but Eric Lamansoff, fun fact, is actually uh, Kevin James's character name in Grown Ups and Grown Ups Two. How about that? Yeah, so Eric Lamansoff, wow. friend of the wedding singer. Huh. <laughs> My favorite was her analysis of like couples that are gonna make it for the long haul. <laughs> um, <laughs> Donald and Ivana, Woody and Mia, Bird and Lonnie. <laughs> yes. Failed. 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 Ooh, child. Yeah. Funny she, joke for the time and funny joke 20 years later. 30 years later. She's including them in this in this group. So it's like, uh, yeah. I guess back then, maybe even in 1998. Okay, now let's be honest. Uh, Trump and Ivanka were never, someone was like, Ivana. oh, they're Ivana, whatever. Ivanka's uh, the daughter. Yeah, whatever. You know, no one ever was like, oh, they're a perfect couple. No, <laughs> no one ever. <laughs> Are we get now? Are we getting to the uh, where they uh, are uh, trying out a new wedding singer? Yes. Now we that's are the getting next scene. that. That's yes. the next. That's the next thing I've got here. Um, yes, <laughs> we get into uh, 
is this the greatest audition that has ever been um, performed? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Jimmy Moore, uh, played by uh, played by John Lovitz. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Mike Lowry. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> he, he wasn't sneezing. He wasn't coughing. <laughs> no allergies. Not not in this scene. Um, the note that I've got here about Jimmy Moore's audition is I could not remember for the life of me where that gif came from or jif came from of John Lovitz peeking uh, peeking out from the curtain and closing it. And it struck me as soon as I yep. saw it. I was like, that's the scene. I was like uh, Leo DiCaprio in uh, Once, Upon a Time, or, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's it. That's the scene. That, that was my note of it. Yeah. He's losing his mind and I'm reaping all the benefits. <laughs> the the one line that i that i don't i don't think was in the, in the song but afterwards it was like that's not a sock in my crotch <laughs> yes i'm gonna be more and that's not a sock in my crotch very good luke Shaka Khan. <laughs> and then we get to this song his i i i love i think this is my favorite that's such it's such a good song it's so like a good mix of a song like i could i could i could see myself actually listening to a band that was that that wrote a song like this yeah <laughs> well i think that's why they actually put it on the the actual soundtrack cd is there like do they actually put other i wonder if they put other actually instruments with it or if it's just him on the guitar uh it's just him on the guitar it's 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 basically what's in the film um okay but that's all you need with with this one here. I think it's uh it's pretty perfect. So now that we are past the um audition here for Jimmy Moore, we've got the limo. Yeah. Ah, the limo. yes, the, the, the limo, <laughs> the limo, limo race. The, limo race. the the, <laughs> the <Fuck>. mannequins <laughs> that he shoves into the back smashing seat. into the door. And... <laughs> so I I remember like so uh, when I we and my friends would watch this back in the day. It's a long time. There, there there's a line from this that we would always say to each other, just like randomly. It was just a they were cones, <laughs> and it's just like a random like thing. Like we people would just just shout to each like it just would come out of nowhere, and that's that's like the most thing I remember from that scene. Like. Oh, you hit two cones. What if they were people? What if they were people? What if they were guests? They were cones. <laughs> <laughs> they were cones. That's a good scene. And then where we go. And then he drops him off. He's like, I have the job, don't I? He's like, of course. Of course you do. <laughs> but he was like worried, like for a moment. It was kind of cool. Yeah. Even though, as it was, you know, they tell us, you know, I, you know, um, he's the only limo driver in town. But my favorite part of like in, in that whole sequence was the one hubcap always flying off <laughs> as he's trying to execute the turns. Yes. Just to let you know, like this, he's going really fast. This is kind of like intense. It's like off in the distance. Well, and that's that's some pretty phenomenal driving with a limo. I mean, limos don't have a great turning radius at all. And the fact that he's he's blistering through through that course. That's um, loud. Yeah, it's that's a that's a phenomenal uh, phenomenal uh, grasp of the wheel and you know overall control of that vehicle to not let it flip over as he's making these these tight corners. So shout out to uh, whoever was the stunt driver for that scene because that's a lot more difficult than than he made it look. Yeah, there's a reason why you know limos are not 
you know, usually getaway vehicles. <laughs> You'd be caught instantly. You yeah. look great, you know, on the high speed chase and whatnot, but as soon as you have to execute any type of a turn, you're toast. That's when you get caught. Yeah, I, I think the only limo that's designed to be a getaway vehicle is the president's limo because they mm -hmm. actually design it that way. Mm. The beast. Yeah, the beast. All right, um, moving on here. Uh, now we get to some tension, right? We uh, we get to uh, <laughs> we get to the uh, um, we get to Julia and uh, her sister talking about how they're going to do the first kiss as man and wife. You know, is it going to be the you know peck and peck on the lips? Is is it going to be slightly open mouth? Is it going to be you know full on tongue? Which saying full on tongue just that gives me that that Jack uh, Yukon Jack uh, flick in the back of the throat. Uh, ooh, yeah, it, it hit me again just just thinking about it. Um, but uh, well, let's let's try it on him. So um, Christine Taylor's character, uh, Julia's sister, um, says, "Well, let's let's go ahead and test it out between you and uh, and Robbie," and they do, and sparks are flying so much that this scene actually won MTV movie uh, and TV awards 1998 best kiss yes wow how about that other winners of this prestigious award also include spider-man between <laughs> <laughs> between toby mcguire and uh kirsten dunst hanging upside so, down upside down kiss what's what's a better kiss though is it is it the upside down spider-man kiss or is it uh this one here from the wedding singer i i, I think i know what what a mean would choose <laughs> shots fired i would say this one because uh no cgi involved mm. yeah fair enough all all natural mm -hmm. i'm sorry i kissed her <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what yeah um, oh yeah who has it it's a cd player it's a cd player it plays cds limited um, fake seinfeld <laughs> what's the deal with these um but can i and then of course like but can i play my records on it no julia it's cds i mean <sighs> glenn you're a douche but let's just i mean come on really anyway um so now we and get to he, he had to drop that he spent seven hundred dollars on it he couldn't help himself it's not like hey it's you know whatever brand is also like it, it cost me seven hundred dollars was it a panasonic a sony. I, I, sony. sony sony brand yeah, placement sony. yeah 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 shout, shout out to sony sony the money <laughs> wrong Opera. wrong movie <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think that one is actually going to make the cinema list. Um, uh, yeah. Okay, we could cut the joke. Oh no, I, I'm I'm keeping it. That's <laughs> that, that's that's a great one. <laughs> Sony Michelle. No, uh, he's a ram. He's a ram. Yes, he got traded. That? Wow. Breaking news. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Spoiler alert. Breaking news, huh? <laughs> okay. Uh, um so i think th this is about the time that we're getting into hey we should go on a double date right so mm -hmm. glenn and julia say hey we need to set robbie up hey your sister's available she's done everybody in town she would be great for robbie right um what a what a testimonial <laughs> 1985 wow 
1985. So uh, if if we're going off of uh, back to Rosie's body count, eight is now 200. <laughs> Everybody in Ridgefield, New Jersey, what's that body count now today? I mean, it's got to be the population of what, Vermont? Yeah. Maybe, Except yeah. for the same nine people over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, so we are at probably the most 80s club I think we've seen in a movie so far on uh, on cinema. Um, Fact check, true. Yeah, true. I, I, uh, I'm confirming it now. Yes, this is definitely the most 80s nightclub with the vapor wave behind him. Yeah. The, the guy uh, doing the b-boy spinning yes <laughs> yeah the, the, the b-boy spin yeah. yes for sure um, did they like go to the city or something for this because this doesn't seem like this should be in their town yeah like, their town doesn't seem to have this like it's like the one nightclub in the whole town no this was a city club they got all dolled up they made the the 30 minute drive or whatever to the city so have you guys ever known a person to refer to a woman's behind as grade A ass? Let me check oh. my DMs real quick. <laughs> <laughs> no. Maybe ask Morgie and uh, Pam too. No, uh, I've never heard that before. So I don't know where, like, you know. It's, I feel like it's a, it's got to be, it's a USDA reference because like it's a, like a grade A. So is, in the 80s, you know, we, the part of the uh, objectification was also co- the literal comparing of to meat. I, 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 yes, I think so. Mm. Or is it just like to just play up how big of a douche Glenn is that that's how he sees women. It's like his only frame of reference for um the scoring system is what he sees at the supermarket when he picks up ground chuck. No, I, I would say, sadly, there were a lot of meatheads in New Jersey back then who were probably using those kind of lines, hmm. um, talking about women behinds or whatever else. I'd eat the butt. <laughs> I'd eat the butt all the time. <laughs> do you think subconsciously that's where greg got it from he's seen this movie well no because greg doesn't know no, he has ever seen <laughs> well, never seen I, well greg is is kind of still of that time right i mean he was in his prime in in the 80s right in the 80s you know that that's grade a top choice meat after he stole his wife from uh ray romano yeah. ouch okay so on Laughter the Club, uh, a few times we have we have talked about um, Ray Romano. I have to get a limited fake Ray Romano out here. Do it. <clears throat> oh, <laughs> that's good. That's, good. <laughs> that's all I got. Yeah, that, that was after he hit uh, Chris in the thigh with the cone ball. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like I ruined my shot. <laughs> he's like it's not a penalty right like i'm good like it doesn't count against me it doesn't count we're we're, we're good uh, <laughs> we, we, we've checked with the judges yeah we're, we're we're solid there um for me like this is a part of kind of during the movie where it was kind of like it was i would check my phone or i'd go get up and get something to drink and because it just kind of like it, it like it just lot like this 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 kind of part kind of lost me where it was just kind of like they needed to like they just needed to fill the movie with something until it kind of got like, I don't know, it, like this part, just like it seemed to just really kind of uh, meh for me. Well, I mean, they, they had to have this club scene to show what what an asshole, you know, uh, Glenn was. 
you know, w- without Robbie provoking him, saying, oh, you know, that is a luscious ass right there. Um, they wouldn't have Glenn yeah, but did we take the bait. But do we need to know? Do we actually? Do they actually have to show us that we that he was an ass? Like we knew, like we when you saw him, you knew he was an ass. Like well, I, yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it's the confirmation bias, right? We we have to actually see. It's it's <laughs> what's that? Uh, Schrodinger's cat, right? He's cats in a box. Is he dead? Is he alive? You don't know until you open the box. And now we've opened the box, and yes, Glenn is an asshole. Yeah, can't judge an asshole by his cover. Zagaki. He was a double asshole because not only was he an asshole. He was an asshole who told his fiance's friend how much of an asshole he was. Like, like I just met you once and I'm going to tell you that I'm a douche. Like, it was just yeah. a little weird for me. We can't get chicks like that. We're too old. Not me, pal. I got it 10 days ago. It's like Young, really? younger, hotter. younger, hotter. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. No, my I did my one note I did have from this the the fact that he had a DeLorean I was like oh well does that make him does it right does it like oh, like, oh that's, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. kind of like does it kind of make him kind of cool that he has a DeLorean but I know he's a douche but like he does have a DeLorean that you know what the D and DeLorean stands for right <laughs> right Dano <laughs> no no and then just in case you may have been like you know what. I'm still going to give this guy benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Blaring out of the speakers of his car, Miami Vice theme song. And he don't, puke, don't puke in the car. Yeah. Smell for a week. Exactly. So right <laughs> there, you were you could write him off. You were like, Mm-mm. yeah, out of here. The other the other note that we knew he was a douche: the sunglasses on the tip of the nose at night. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It, 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 just like that, Aunt. Just like that. <laughs> That was digging deep into like every 1980s stereotype of. I wear my douche. sunglasses at night. Yeah. Right. So I can. So I can. They couldn't. They probably couldn't get the licensing for that song. So they were just like, the Miami Vice theme song is a lot easier. Let's go with it. So now Robbie has a sworn enemy in Glenn. And there, there's just no other way to put it. Now, now, yeah, they're mortal enemies now, right? Mm hmm. Well, it's a it's a one sided uh, rivalry or whatever because the other one doesn't care. Glenn, yeah, Glenn doesn't yeah care. he doesn't care. He's he's not gonna Glenn care. give him a thought. Yeah, he's just like he's just the wedding. You know, he's just the dumb wedding singer. So he thinks that like Julia would never look at any other man but him. So he, you know, it's just uh. Well, he he buys her seven hundred dollars CD players. Of course, you know. <laughs> She would never look at anyone else. Yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't a point in that movie where he actually said like how much the engagement ring costs because that that would have been total douchebaggery right there. Yeah, like that that engagement ring. It's like three CD players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's half a DeLorean for God's sake. Yeah. So now we get into Robbie really kind of coming to grips with hey. I have actual feelings for for Julia, right? I mm-hmm. I am I'm still coming off this this massive heartbreak with Linda. I'm gonna go get drunk, and I'm gonna tell her how I feel. Well, no, it was at the end of the date. He takes um, Holly back to her house, and they kiss, and she's kind of like he's like no sparks or whatever. He also turns down her invitation to go upstairs and get laid and she's the one that kind of walks him through like you have feelings for julia but you know she would never be into you because you don't have money that's why she's marrying glenn that's 
basically what she lays out for him and that sends him to go to the bar to get drunk yeah um that's kind of kind of where i was going but yeah you you absolutely nailed it <laughs> sorry no no i truth be told <laughs> i completely forgot that part um <laughs> i went to get a drink and grab some food during that part yep um, <laughs> anyway moving on so that was the so Lou was right. That was like the lull of like See? it's like like this is that's like in the concert when they play that one song where like it's the pee break. Go yes. buy merch break. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I loved this um scene. Everything that the antics at the bar I loved so <laughs> much. <laughs> Cause uh <laughs> Sammy is there, his best friend. And he just spills out his dilemma. And it's kind of like, do I tell her? Do I steal her away? What do I do? And he's like, well, maybe you're right. It's just about, you know, being a womanizer, a different woman every night. And he's like, but I, I give him calf fare. So I'm not, you know, that mean of a guy. It's like, at least I'll send, you know, they'll have a paid calf to go home. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sam's like, I'm so alone. I just want someone to hold me and tell me <laughs> what what do you say? It's like things will be better or I'm loved. <laughs> things are going to be all right. Yes. And then the random guy comes over who I think is also a, a staple in the Sandler cinematic universe. Well, and yeah. I thought that too, but he's not. So the old guy in this one is not the same old guy from like um everything else old school else yeah old school he's not blue he's not blue i know that that was my first thing i thought i was that's who i thought it was but then i was like looking at i was like oh that that definitely isn't that guy uh he's also not the old guy in uh big daddy um you know look at me stay in school he's not that guy (laughs) patrick crunshaw yeah no uh cameron uh philippi uh yeah carmen oh i'm uh, sorry i have carmen Carmen Philpy, uh, he has 106 acting credits to his name. Wow. Um, he was in Everybody Loves Raymond, Home Improvement. Yeah. M- Mr. Mr. Philpy, no longer with us as of May 9th, 2003. Uh, yeah. So, Carmen, re- rest in power. Um, he was, however, in uh, Wayne's World. He was Old Man Withers mm. in, in Wayne's World. Uh, and he was like Frank he- in the Beverly Hillbillies. It, uh, he was homeless guy in Eight Crazy Nights. Bum. Yes. He was apparently a fetus in Goodbye something. <laughs> Old guy in Sabrina. <laughs> Niche. Old man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Typecast. Oh. Jinx. I wonder if that was like one of those things where he's always looked like an old man. So when he uh-huh. started acting and he was 30, like, you know, they, they just put him in those roles. So it's like four. 30 plus a, years of being a professional actor. He was always just the old guy. Cause he, well, the so, old. so he died in 2003 at the age of 80. I could have swore in this movie, he was already 95. <laughs> Again, rest but in he, peace, Carmen. But he stole, he, he stole that scene by putting his arm around Sammy and giving him what he wanted. And it was like, are they going to kiss? Like, what is this going to escalate? Just kiss already. <laughs> The best is in well, he played a wino and Parker Lewis can't lose. Ooh, he broke he broke out of the typecasting. Oh no, because he's in a well. He's I in guess. a bar. He's he's a wino old guy at a bar, basically. Mm. 
old man in bar. Yeah, old <laughs> old man in bar. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> Casting directors everywhere uh, kind of mourn the loss of uh, of Carmen Philby in 2003. So, and so this is also the the night where um, Glenn is out on his bachelor party. Pre. Mm. Pre-bachelor party. Pre-bachelor party, yep. The pre-bachelor party. Um, and Robbie and Sammy are leaving the bar, and they run into Glenn and his friends. Um, and also douches. Yeah, all, also douche. Wow. The, the the whole pack, pa- pack of douche, mm-hmm. um, making but, fun of them for not closing the deal with uh, Holly. Yeah, uh, the note that I have here is Robbie Hart can take a punch. I'm sorry, I'm not as strong as I used to be. <laughs> hey, the old man in the bar cannot give a punch. <laughs> But boy, can he moonwalk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, after after he gets uh, knocked down, uh, he gets up again. Um, you're never going to keep him down. <laughs> be down. Um, Get knocked down. Then heads <laughs> back to his house. And who is there waiting for him uh, but Linda? Bitch-ass Linda. Bitch-ass Linda. Life ruiner Linda. Yeah, and you know, in typical, I guess, nineteen eighties, bad lady uh, wearing black, you know, black tight short dress, you know, the crazy, not crazy heels, but just like pointy, super pointy heels, and the big eighties hair. So they like, whatever. She looked like a video vixen. Yeah, that's what I saw like the whole time. She probably yeah. did know Van Halen. Well, she certainly broke up the band, that's for sure, because she was <laughs> yeah. the bad luck charm that was wearing the Van Halen t-shirt. Um, so with, with Van Halen, who's your lead singer? Oh, I'm David Lee all day. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 I th- yeah. It, that's sweep. consensus. Clean sweep off the board. David Lee 12 Roth. To, yeah. 12 to 3 unanimous. 12 to 3 unanimous decision. How about that? Um, <laughs> so the next morning... Um, as she's in the Van Halen t-shirt, she opens up. Okay. So here's, here's my gripe about this. Why are you answering the door at somebody else's house and not even Robbie's house? Cause obviously Robbie still lives at his sister's house yeah. in, in her basement. So mm-hmm. you are the ex fiance of the guy who lives in the basement of his sister's house. And you open, you have the gall, the unmitigated gall to open up the door in somebody else's house. I think, but sharing, I think this is a, nothing this but is a shirt. A, I think this is, the 80s this is an older thing this is for like cell phones and everything where when someone knocked on your door you just opened it because you assumed you know like well someone's knocking on my door i gotta open it and i think it was i think that's what more was it wasn't like oh this is not my house it's just like oh well there's someone at the door i need to or he's it. sleeping or whatever yeah i mean yeah it was just like she was she was up already before him and rather than let him be annoyed by you know the doorbell she answers and it just happens to be her but even still if you're i kind of get what beep says if you're a guest at someone's house isn't it you go and you wake them and you're like hey this is your thing but for the purposes of the movie and you know furthering the plot it had to be you know bitch ass linda opening the door Bitch also, it didn't seem to me like she was opening the front door. She was opening like the side door where like his space was. And so maybe yeah. it was a little less intrusive. Like, I don't know. But, but still, I, I understand to, what you're saying, B. Yeah. To have the unmitigated, unmitigated gall to open up somebody else's door. Get out of here. That's why yeah. you that's why you didn't work out, Linda. Yeah, because if 
that could have been a burglar right it could have been a door to door it could have been a jehovah's witness it could be somebody okay somebody setting up a burglar right it's a two-team operation you distract them on the front end of the house i'm gonna come in through the back you talk them up and i'm gonna walk out with you know the the tv or you know the 700 cd player yeah we don't know how criminals think i mean at least i don't i'm not i've never been one don't, don't i <laughs> <laughs> do, you? do you so but yeah julia's just hey wait so we did forget to kind of like the one the the whole julia's like you know uh glenn's last name is gulia so we forgot to like bring yes. up the like julia gulia just being like the hey. worst name ever yes Oh my God! How how did we forget the 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 pinnacle of this movie? I'm gonna be Julia Gulia, and Robbie Hart is looking at, in the window, in the street, ready to profess his love, and he sees Julia in her wedding gown, happy, <laughs> smiling. Oh, but obviously he can't hear what she's saying. I'm Julia Hart. I mean, I'm Mrs. Robbie Hart. I mean, I mean, come on! How how great is that? That's the thing that, you know, is uh, that, you know, girls, well, when we fall really hard, where we do the notebook dribbling and we're like, Mrs. <laughs> Jeanette, whatever, Mr. and Mrs. something, something. <laughs> so that's what she was doing. She was reading from her, she was reading from her notebook right there. All the iterations of the, of the names. It also reminded me of Say Anything. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, Lisa Frank. Yeah, it reminded me of say anything, say anything when Cusack sort of walks up to the window and, you know, Robbie doesn't have his boombox or his guitar, but it, it reminded me very much of that scene as well from another, you know, quality 80s placed movie. Without a doubt. That that's that's a that's a solid call out there. But he's he sees this and he is he's crestfallen. He's heartbroken again because he knows that he's never gonna get Julia. Like in, in his own mind's eye, she is Marion Glenn. And that's it. That's all they're ever going to be. Um, and I, he misses chance, right? Which kind of sucks. Poor Robbie. Yeah. Especially because it's Linda's fault. All Linda's way. fault. Linda. Devil. Life ruiner. Life ruiner. <laughs> um, so the next morning, obviously, uh, Julia goes and knocks on the door. Linda opens it. I'm his fiance. Okay, no, you can't say that you're the fiance. You've you've already kind of missed that chance. You missed that boat, Linda. Get out of here. Um, so Julia now runs back to Glenn, saying, "Hey, you know, it's time. Let's go get married. Let's jump on a bird right now. I know it's not a PJ, but let's jump on a bird. Let's no, go to on, Vegas." I don't think that's what happens. We're skipping she goes, ahead. Yeah, because it's there's something of that. So I I, don't, I forget. This is the the part where I kind of like was loosely paying attention, but she <laughs> they they meet back up again because and he it's because when he goes to, he's trying to get the job, so that's when he's like the like so he tries to get the job and it's like I like money, I use money, I spend it. <laughs> I'll give you singing lessons for just for a business card. I'm just trying to impress a girl, and he goes back and then it's the you're an asshole. It's like, oh God, I am an asshole. Yep. That part. And that then yep. then that's when we get to yeah. the, like let's let's go to Vegas. Because what happened was um Julia went to the old lady's house on the regular scheduled day of the singing lessons and she informs her that you know Robbie hasn't been coming around because he's been going to the city to try to get a job because he wants to make money. And 
we cut to the interview with Kevin Nealon <laughs> and his poor bargaining skills. <laughs> Doesn't know how to negotiate, man. <laughs> I'll be honest. I was shocked Robbie owned the suit. That was a nice suit he was in. It was a nice suit, especially for 1985. Yeah. I expected the- something, you know, pinstripe, double-breasted, shoulder pads up to here. And he had the uh, Pat Riley hair, Showtime Lakers, Pat Riley Showtime. Hair. <laughs> That's how you knew he was serious because it was slick back hair. Slick back hair. Yeah, the, the mullet was was pretty on point there as well. Yes, that was all that was a, that was all business in the front. Toward. Yes. And and junk bonds in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Do I call you a junk waitress? <laughs> that's that's a great line junk bonds i call you a drunk yeah yeah that, that's a that's a great line so, then, so that yeah then that's when he she comes back and they meet she gives him the scores that he so he can write his own music and then that's when she goes to vegas yeah do you guys think that she hand wrote that all those papers for him she stayed up all night after she took off the wedding dress and greeted all of her imaginary wedding guests, right? She's like, I'm gonna create this beautiful paper. I'm gonna calligraphy. I, I, I just, yeah. I just, <laughs> I just happen to have like parchment paper that looks, you know, like from something, you know, Beethoven would have in his desk. And she just went and she did the calligraphy like Anset and she just wrote, you know, music. And I guess it ha- would have to, right? Because like, I mean, I can't imagine that like a photocopy state like was well, no, she, she probably just went to Radio Shack and bought a, a stack of paper and like poured coffee and tea all over it, make it aged, right? And then started, you know. <laughs> Burnt the ends to give yeah, it exactly. like a, yeah, you know. And she just happened to have a big red satin sash to tie around it. Of course she did. You know, she's she's Julia Sullivan. That is such a Drew Barrymore like thing. I, I'm pretty sure she like. They were like, no, it's going to be like in a manila envelope. It's like, that's not romantic. It has to be like this. <laughs> has to be like this so I can throw in the air at him. <sighs> All right. So we're, we're now forwarding to uh, Julie and Glenn heading to Vegas on, on Las Vegas air. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, just in case you weren't paying attention, you came back from the bathroom. You're like, where are they going? Vegas. Yeah. Um, and we, we jump cut to the 50th wedding uh, anniversary party with Rosie um, singing the song that that her and Robbie have been working on for weeks and months uh, and you know she nails it a hundred percent nails it a hundred percent nailed it till there was you we find out that um, this is when Julie and Glenn are, are actually jumping on the bird and heading to Vegas uh, and Robbie dips out just like he should have right just like that that Hollywood part he has to get on this bird there's nothing you can do that's going to stop me from jumping on this bird. Um, then we jump cut to my favorite scene of of any Adam Sandler movie, rapping Granny. <laughs> Rapper's delight. Yes. Is this is this in anybody else's karaoke repertoire? The Rapper's delight. No. Yes. I'd be too intimidated. Really? Even with the words on the screen. Yes. I mean, I know a lot of the confidence that comes from karaoke is alcohol, but there is a yes. point where you, you can't you can't read under the influence. So you have to be at that at that perfect level. So it's it's the level of inebriation where you're going to bowl a 200 game, you're going to uh, 
win three or four games of pool in a row. You're also going to sink at least five or six shots in a row in, in beer pong, but you're also going to nail Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang. It has to be that exact level of inebriation. Otherwise, it's going to fall flat. <laughs> or also, do you do the thing where it's like, well, I feel myself fading out. Let me do the thing, get the crowd involved. Like, yep. that yep. comes with that, that right? Where it's like, okay, this is like, here you go. It's just, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hip hop. What? Okay. Yeah. Crowd. And, and then it's his own stop rocking. Yep. Then up jump the boogie. The rhythm of the boogie beat. Exactly. And I bet, I bet, you know, if we, if we just went off right now, if I played the song right now, I guarantee you would be able to nail this word for word without a single lyric on a screen. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, I don't think, think I would. So. It's, one of, it's one of my favorites. It's one of my See? favorites. See? I went. Told you. A couple years ago, actually, for Halloween, I went. I had my uh, Adidas jumpsuit and my big Adidas, and I had a Bluetooth speaker that hung around my neck. Did you and go as rapping sure Granny? Gang walking down the street. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he did not have the flower crown. <laughs> no, I had a, I had a, I had the old school like uh, fedora that like Run DMC wore. The, the gangle a little bit, but yes, yes, awesome. Look at that. <laughs> I, I can hundred percent see that, uh, and you know we're gonna need some pictures in the chat later. I'm happy to do that. Perfect. Um, so we're now cutting to Robbie uh, getting into the limo and heading to the airport. Um, definitely pre-TSA. He has the ultimate pre-check. He just walks right up to the ticket counter uh, and meets up with the, the flock of seagulls. Yeah. <laughs> well, because no, he, he borrows Sammy's credit card. Oh, that's right. right? He does. He yeah. borrows a credit card. This is the part of flying that I bet Stugatz misses. Just showing up 30 eight, minutes, eight minutes before yeah. a flight. Just be like, what do you got? Oh, and, and, and he'll do, and he, he's he's negotiating to get the upgrade to first class. And he's like, bump him, bump him, buddy, buddy. It, it's like the when he would call the restaurants, the same thing. I don't want to tell I didn't want to do this, but I'm on ESPN radio. Even though he's not anymore, that's what he's pulling out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm the, I'm the chief fake officer. I'm the CFO of Metal Arc Media. Yeah. Listen, buddy, buddy. Here's the thing. Um, we'll, we'll I got engaged on this flight. My wife and I. We got engaged <laughs> in this flight 15 years ago. This is our wedding anniversary. Uh, listen, buddy, uh, you just got to bump me to first class. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, you know, you know, Larry Johnson, Vegas, you know, UNLV, great star. He'll be on there. He's going to be passing out roses. <laughs> Kenny the Jet Smith is one of my best friends. <laughs> yeah. Kenny, Kenny the Jet, Mrs. Smith's going to be joining us as well. Um, Kenny Main, UNLV star as well. He'll be joining me. I'm just trying to think of athletes that connote airplanes are fine. <laughs> we can pick this up at <laughs> Jumbo Elliott. Nice. Air Jordan. Oh, that's a good one. Anybody that played for the Flyers. All right. I think that's it. <laughs> the, the, like nobody is like, oh, G Jeter, the captain. Derek Jeter, the captain. Oh, the Jet. <laughs> Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> I think the Jet category is closed. Um, and so are the Jets' chances for the uh, Super Bowl in 2021. <laughs> PJ Carlissimo. Ooh. Oh, Jeanette. Okay, yeah, that's that, that's the nuts. You have the nuts. You won the game. Awesome, as always. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I can leave now. I can go take a nap. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so we now have uh um is this the, is this the best hairstyle in the entire movie the flock of seagulls it has to be oh yes yeah. most definitely yeah yeah th- th- this he steals it yeah he steals, steals the it. show absolutely um you so like now, the flock of seagulls i bet no, you do. but I, I bet you do <laughs> <laughs> yeah no no air no no luggage nothing like that just hopping on the bird um and now we're mid-flight um and we we cut to uh glenn and julia sitting in coach looking out the window uh glenn window seat julia in the aisle seat are you guys a an aisle or are you guys a window seat guy or wow. girl totally window get me uh, in the window I put my head against the wall and I go to sleep. I don't mind the aisle just for the convenience of going to the bathroom. Uh, but, you know, I'm 50-50 on it. I've, I've got to go aisle. I like to keep one foot out there in the actual aisle itself. I get at least 50% of the legs being stretched out. Um, window seat, I, I just feel too cramped. Yep. Yeah. I think the no, real, I, I... The, the real, like, mind-blowing thing would have been if somebody had been like actually i prefer the middle <laughs> like uh, anybody that <laughs> says that you you have to look at them a little crazy like you know like why would you want to be in the middle middle seat is psycho seat right mm-hmm. oh yes totally but yeah. also they were in a they were in like a old school plane with like two two and two it seemed like yeah you're right there there was no middle seat there you're absolutely right but the one thing the reason i hate the aisle is i definitely get hit with the cart I definitely get hit in the elbow or the knee or the foot with the cart all the time. And I know that's me like when I spread out, but I still feel yeah. like that's a. Yeah. I, I always, I always go with the the classic arms folded across a chest and kind of hang the head down as I, as I kind of doze off there. So I'm not worried about the elbow out in the aisle and getting hit by the drink cart. So um, yeah. Well, I have, I have, I have small elbows, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> It's like All I'm right. drowning in my seat. I have so much room. But so now- the, that that first class lounge, that seems a little bit excessive with an upstairs for just a domestic flight. That is something that I would expect from like Qantas or Virgin Air, where you, you know, uh, you know, whatever when you're traveling for 12 hours and, and you can afford that, right? So to see that, I was just like this is really a construction of planes from the 80s or whatever like i, I don't know yeah, well they, they are flying like cross country then, they were yeah they were much more uh you know first class was a little crazier yeah i mean if we kind of go back to you know the wolf of wall street right when the the first class uh was it the uh the cocaine flight right where they have all the strippers going out to vegas yeah all right well cool yeah Good job. Good job. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on. Um, the, uh, the, the warm hand towel, right? Oh yes. Yeah. And tucking it in his, his, his suit was wonderful. Um, and he sees in the, uh, the first class seat just, uh, up ahead of him, the legend, Billy Idol, right? Guzzling a bottle of champagne. <laughs> yeah. As only, as only Billy Idol can, right? Yes. Now we have um, Robbie realizing that he's sitting in first class with Billy Idol. Um, and my note from this was, 
God bless America. Billy Idol sounds so much like Jason Statham. Anybody <laughs> else? <laughs> yeah. Now that you mentioned it, yeah. sure. Like that, that's all. That I, that's all I totally think. Not. Like, because I could close my eyes and all I hear is Jason Statham. Um, yeah. Now that you mentioned it, yeah. You know, that, uh, go go back and watch the last twenty minutes of this with your eyes closed, and all you're gonna see is just Jason Statham, transporter. So now uh, we have Robbie kind of spilling out his guts to uh, um, to the flight all attendant, the first saying, class. yeah, to, to the entire first class. He he now has an entire first class just kind of gathered around. Obviously, the seatbelt sign is off. Everybody is just gathered around. It's story time. Uh, you know, he's got to go to Vegas and he's got to stop this wedding to to the you know with the woman that he loves. Um, and he, he's yeah, telling FA, everybody FAA regulations don't mean a damn thing when you're in love out right, the babe? window out the window yeah that's absolutely correct um, you have personal knowledge of that I have a hundred and you know okay yeah we'll we'll we'll, we'll go right right into this so <laughs> this this scene uh, of this movie is actually the inspiration of how I proposed to my wife um, I actually proposed to my wife by setting up an idea that I would lose my wallet either mid-flight or at the airport, and they would find my wallet on the airplane in the middle of the flight. They would call me up to the front of the plane, and I would get my wallet, and all of that was a ruse for me to be able to grab the microphone and ask my wife, or ask at that time my fiance, or no, my girlfriend at that time, if she would be my wife. Um, yeah, so this, this part of this, of uh, the movie has a special place in, uh, in my heart. <laughs> this, 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 the entire reason why I even thought of the idea. Um, yeah. So when, uh, Mrs. Beep and I, uh, rewatched it the other night, um, she was already passed out and I couldn't tell her that this is the, this is the whole reason that I even thought <laughs> of doing it. Um, but when she listens to this, maybe, you know, she'll be like, oh, that's no, well, you know, him. You know what would have been even it would have been funnier if like you're watching a movie and she was like, God, I hate this scene. <laughs> <laughs> so cheesy, I can't believe we did this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So so yeah, FAA regulations be damned. Obviously, the smoking sign is on in 1985. Um yeah. the seatbelt sign is off. Um, and then we have the the flight attendant coming uh from coach saying what a jerk. He just said, oh, look at that. That is top, or what is it? Uh, top choice grade, grade A. Meat. Yeah, top grade choice grade A, a meat. And that sparks everything inside. All the alarms go off inside Robbie Hart's, Robbie Hart's mind. He looks right through the wind, right through the, uh, the curtain into coach, and there she is, Julia. Mm-hmm. Boom. I just want to jump yep. back for a second to the old lady saying, What's the Mile High Club? <laughs> know, that just no, but no, but then, but then Billy Idol has this like grin, like, oh, yeah, I'll show you. I'll show hey, you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then so Billy Idol getting on the yeah. getting on the mic. So we have something from one of our first class passengers, and because we let, let them do. first class do whatever they want. Yeah, <laughs> and we hear the dulcet tones of "Grow Old with You," which. If you haven't heard this song, or if you haven't heard the song in a while, do yourself a favor, look this up on YouTube, just download the song, Apple Music, whatever you got to do. This song just, it it warms the cockles of your heart from the inside out. It's like a nice, 
shot of you know bourbon or scotch it just warms you from the inside out and you, you feel all of the feelings um that encompass robbie hart's love for for julia sullivan because all he wants to do is grow old with her and he realized that at that 50th wedding anniversary with uh with rosie um that he did just want to grow that that's all he ever wanted to do is just have someone to 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 need and want and for her to want him the the, the entire time and uh just what a beautiful love story yes so yeah then so yeah so it kind of goes then it's his bait i mean it ends it ends pretty abruptly because then it's just like she's just, he goes out singing it glenn tries to beat up billy idol billy idol's random fans are randomly on the plane and yes. push beats them up into a thing into the uh Port and of, and lavatory yeah, yeah. Then they get married, and then the movie's over. The movie's over, and that's it. That's the entire movie, right there. The, you know, the payoff to the to the wedding scene though was that we actually got to see Steve Buscemi show off his self taught skills on the guitar. Yes, <laughs> so that was a great closing the loop from the first wedding to to the end. <laughs> the one thing that like I was I. I didn't remember, but I was really hoping that like there was going to be like like the extra credits where it was going to kind of be like, where are they now type thing where it was like, you know, picture like Linda with like five kids, like randomly, like miserable, like, you, like, you know, like, like, right, like being no, not Mary Sam, but like, like the stereotypical, like, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the girlfriend, the scorned girlfriend that like ruined his life is now she's miserable with like five kids with like a all by herself because her husband left her you know glenn is yeah there you go she married glenn yeah in jail for like securities exchange fraud (laughs) but then like but then i had it like uh that sammy and the old man from the bar like get married (laughs) like (laughs) that's why he never found the lady he enjoyed that's right maybe but here's the thing so we know that there's you know superstition about you can't see your future wife in her wedding dress because it's bad luck she gets married in the same dress that she was wearing when robbie saw her through the window so it's like were they doomed like they didn't have a chance or it's just like the superstition just didn't affect them love supersedes superstition okay i I was also going to say she didn't know that he saw her so because that tends to be more of a like guys don't think about that i tend to be more of a i feel like the mother-in-law is like you can't let him see you in the dress so i wonder <laughs> if the fact that only he knew that he had seen her or was stalking her or peeping on her or whatever you want to call it that it wouldn't have necessarily affected them and they weren't a couple at that time mm. so yep. it doesn't matter that rule is out the window she could have also maybe like done a slight alteration so it's not the exact same dress so she could have gotten a different train a different veil taking it up a little bit so a little she, extra tool somewhere you know yeah more yeah. fluff gotta have the fluff mm-hmm. um all right uh let's get into some trivia here about the movie one of my favorite here is do you know who was or who also worked on this script besides adam sandler any ideas was it needlin no it was judd apatow Right. Mm. So, you know, future, you know, cinematic writing star, but also Carrie Fisher. Oh, Princess Leia. Wow. Yeah. That blew my mind right there. Um, And then the other note is 
So this is the list of actresses who were all considered for the role of Julia Sullivan. And any one of these actresses makes this a completely different movie. So Natalie Portman, Jennifer Lopez, Jennifer Anderson, Jennifer Gardner, Molly Ringwald, Julia Roberts, Diane Lane, Christina Ricci, Christina Moore, Justine Bateman, Christina Applegate, Cameron Diaz, Elizabeth Hurley, Sarah Jessica Parker, Lori Laughlin, Heather Graham, Brooke Shields, Katie Holmes, Nicole Kidman, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Jennifer Beale, Lauren Graham, and Pamela Anderson were all considered for the role of Julia. Okay, JLo and Pamela Anderson would have made the bar mitzvah scene slightly better. Yes. <laughs> Hands in the dirt. Hands in the dirt. Let's see. Uh, John Cryer and Matthew Broderick were also considered for the role of Glenn Gulia. Um, let's see. They're they're not big enough jerks, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Broderick, 100% not a jerk. Um, yeah. Neither neither is a crier. I don't, like, from his, like, 80s stuff when he was in the Rat yeah. Pack stuff, he was always, like, the doofy sidekick. So it would have been a hard sell. Yeah, like, the only person I could see is, like, Shooter McGavin could have been Glenn. Yes. Or, or, or right? Charlie yeah. Sheen. You needed, like, yeah. someone who wasn't necessarily, like, wildly famous or typecast into a role so he could sort of exaggerate his douche Robert or... Downey Jr. maybe because he had that those he wasn't all that of a good guy back in the late 90s you're right um and here, here's another kind of numerological note so uh Julie and Glenn's wedding date was set for August 5th 1985 wow. 8585 how about that? Let's go around the uh, around the horn here, uh, and let's get your kind of result here for the wedding singer. Is it going to be yeah, meh, or fe? And we'll start with you. So first, I want to just throw out that I was actually married on August fifth, but not anywhere near nineteen eighty five. But wow, how about that? <laughs> so so there's that little thing there. Um, this gets a yeah for me, mostly because I mean I'm a, I'm a kid of the eighties. That's when I grew up. I was born in the mid seventies. And the hair, the songs, the exaggerations, like it's just the mullets, the Michael Jackson jacket, all that stuff just bring me back to my childhood. And it's so just like memorable for me, even watching it, you know, I watched it today because I hadn't seen it in probably, you know, a year or so. And it's just all brought me back good feelings, remembering, you know, growing up and, you know, the awkwardness of some of those young kid scenes. And, you know, I don't know, just so for me, it gets definitely a yeah. All right. Jeanette, what about you? I'm going to agree with Ant. It's a yeah. This is actually the first time I've seen this movie all the way through. Usually when I catch this movie on TV, it's at a at certain point. So I've either never watched the the beginning or I've missed the middle or I've only seen the part where, um, you know, bitch ass Linda comes back into his life, you know. So to see it like in, in entirety, uh, pretty. I, I recommend. That's a good way to watch movies, guys. Beginning to end, no interruptions. <laughs> <laughs> Not like Dan watches it. No, because yeah. then usually what I'll do is if I watch it on TV from whatever I do, I go to Wikipedia and be like, "What did I miss from this part to this part?" Oh shoot, you know. So it relies on a lot of imagination for myself, and not having to do that on a Saturday, three-day weekend, super great. Saves some energy power on me. I I, I loved it. I you know. Um, uh, there was there's a point I think where you ride with Sandler and then you don't and for me this is one of the ride with Sandler movies Drew Barrymore she is so incredibly 
just goofy and endearing and charming you know you look at her and i think you love her so she was great as the lead for all of this and the music like Anne said the music is great uh, i think it, it hits on a lot of like the stereotypical vibes of the 80s so it's stuff that you can laugh at i think it's still recent enough that you get a lot of the references and the jokes um you know we're we're in that generation we get it so for me it's a total yeah 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 and i, and I think that chemistry that they had in this movie is why he decided to work with her on 51st dates and then blend yeah. it a few years later so yeah mm-hmm. lou what about you i really wanted to yeah this but i'm it's gonna it's a meh for me um it was one of those things where like it, it brought, I've seen it like I, I literally I don't think the last time I saw it was probably like in maybe the early 2000s right and I haven't thought about it since um, and you know it brought back it was funny like I remember the funny scenes and, like there was the good things but then like half for me like halfway through the movie it just got it I, I, I've lost interest because it kind of it, it turned from kind of having funny things to just being more like well now we're, you know now Robbie's got to get the girl and it kind of just it just kind of I slowly just remember I got up more and more <laughs> towards the end of it uh I mean and then I you know it's not like I'm not gonna watch it but like I don't think I'm gonna watch it now for like another 10 years so it's like that type of movie so it's a meh for me so like I'll watch it again but I'm definitely not gonna watch it for like another 10 years <laughs> so this is like the Disney vault collection once every 20 years they used yes. to release a movie this is in your yeah. vault <laughs> yeah yeah so for me this one is gonna be uh, a meh um, it's teetering on the edge of yeah to meh you have to be in the right frame of mind for Adam Sandler in order for this to be a yeah. Uh, and I guess Dugats would have this as as taking a stroll in order to be in a, in a Sandler frame of mind. Um, and obviously, like like I mentioned uh, before, Mrs. Beep fell asleep uh, <laughs> before before the uh, the uh, airplane scene. So this one is going to fall in that meh category for me. And I think kind of based on everything else we've seen as far as the, the ratings go with IMDb being a 6.9 um, and the critics giving nice. it a 69 percent, um, nice. but the audience gave it an 80 percent. So I think this one is going to fall right into that that meh category. So I think this one is properly rated. Or we need a dramatic sounder. I think we do. <laughs> I, and, and we'll, we'll maybe find something. I, I don't know. Um, that, that thunderbolt they have on Lebeth Hardshore or whatever the breaking news. <laughs> Something like oh, that. I'll... Or the cat that they use for in the announcement. Meow. <laughs> I'm just going to get a sounder of uh, Mike Ryan fan account just doing his, his meow, and, and that'll be our, our kind of ender there. I want to try something here that's going to tease our next movie on cinema. So Adam Sandler was in The Water Boy with Rob Schneider, and Rob Schneider was in Home Alone 2 Lost in New York with Macaulay Culkin. If you can guess it, Leave us a comment in our Apple podcast with a five-star review. Um, Well, this is a lot of fun, guys. Thanks a lot for joining us. We'll talk to you next time.